I'm Nick Savetta, and you're watching Rugby Wrap-Up. Next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Major League Rugby coverage that you don't want to miss. Dan Power, Brian Ray, Steve Lewis, and Matt McCarthy. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. The Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey everybody and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Thank you for joining us once again and we have another Major League Rugby extravaganza for you. We're going to do a little bit of a recap slash analysis and previews with Mr. Stephen Lewis joining me on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Mr. Dan Power calling in from the Jersey Shore apparently and Mr. Brian Ray calling in from Nova Scotia in front of his Toronto Arrows uh, banner because they won again. Congratulations Brian on the big win. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been a fantastic uh, couple days since. Very uh, blurry. Steve, a very good weekend for you as well because your team won and you and I and now it's set the stage to go against Brian uh, having a Rugby United New York banner behind him next week. Yeah, big, big uh, step forward for organization. First game in the New York area for whatever it was, 18 months, possibly longer. Uh, so we're in Jersey City. Happy to be there. They've been great partners. We got a game uh, yesterday, which was a uh, Barn burner right to the end, a little too close for comfort in my opinion, but um, a great occasion, a satisfying weekend for us, and we're looking forward to welcoming Mr. Winokur and Brian's Toronto Arrows this coming weekend. And Dan, you had the pleasure of calling the Utah Warriors match at San Diego, but now you find yourself hanging out with some unsavory types somewhere mm. in New Jersey. Matter of perspective, right? I mean, I, I'm, I've got for the brand my boys for the streets. So I'm representing everyone here today. And representing is something you, you, you certainly are, but we don't have time for that. Let's get right into last week's games very quickly. We had Seattle going into Toronto and the final score, if you had 44 points in Seattle, you still didn't win against the spread, which was about uh, three points. But Brian, I'm going to give you this one first because you got the big win, but do you, are you okay with a team from the West Coast, two flights the day before, having to get up basically and play a game at 7.30 a.m. their time because it was a 10.30 a.m. start Eastern time? You're making excuses. These are excuses is what I'm hearing. All I saw was a beatdown. <laughs> no, look, it, it, it was a difficult ask. We, we said that. We knew it was going to be a tough ask for them. But look, uh, you know, I kind of expected either a slow start and then they wake up or they, they have a good start and then they fade at the end. We got neither. Seattle didn't even show up in that game. So, you know, them's the breaks. Arrows look great. And, uh, you know, Toronto looked an awful lot like Atlanta down there, but got the win and uh, I'm feeling good about it. Yeah, playing on the road. Potentially, I know Toronto just went into another lockdown, I think last week or the week before. So probably looking at a whole season um, out of country now. But credit where credit's due. I agree with Brian. I mean, sometimes there are immense hurdles, like playing away from home for a whole year. You've just got to overcome in Toronto. Got out and got the job done. You know, it was an early game. 10.30 is early for some people on the East Coast too. Matt, you never know. So. Well, I was drinking at 6, 6.45 tailgating for that one. But for fans, it was great. It was like uh, West Coast NFL Sunday, right? You wake up in the morning, have breakfast, NFL kicks off at 10, and you got rugby all day. Like, we had rugby all day. It was fantastic. Yeah. And Steve, you can empathize as the general manager of New York. It's certainly been um, 
suboptimal, shall we say. I think most teams have their horror stories to share. You know, you've got to look at it as we're trying to improve every week, every season. And the, the, the travel does affect the product, right? It affects how players show up and ultimately affects the way they play. Agree. When you lose 52-7, you know, that's a shellacking, right? But to travel multiple flights, delays, to play that the day after, you know, we, we've had the same issues in our flights so far. It's something the league has to address if it wants to put its best foot forward. I know, I know there's been discussions and they're intending to do that, but the, the travel's been, I would just, I'll stick with suboptimal. Let's leave it at that. All right, suboptimal was the weather in New Orleans where the Free Jacks and the uh, Gold looked like they needed away. flippers to get by, flippers and a, and a snorkel for that Spare match, and it was ball. just sloppy. A one-point game. Noah holds on, but impact, and Steve, you brought this up, the way this impacted the standings. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, like, we're all, you know, like, Hawkeyes on each other's performances, what have you, so bonus points become important. Even now, you're, you're always watching what the teams are doing, particularly in your conference. Um, so, you know, self-interest, we want these conference teams to lose to West Conference teams, and then, you know, it's just, it's human nature. So, so yeah, these things become important. They don't seem important now, but all this this will become critical towards the end of the season. A bonus point here dropped, you know, that fourth try missed somewhere. A conversion that keeps you within seven or out of seven. All these things are important, you know, and we're watching. Just looked like a beautiful, sunny Scottish summer day down there. Steve was right at home watching that one, but uh, Nola obviously just handled the conditions a little bit better in the end. But tight game, uh, Houston Nola this time of year, those monsoonal rains are just going to come through. It's going to deal with it. Yeah, you know, when we saw the pitch at the beginning of the game, I wondered whether it, it should even be happening. It looked absolutely terrible. But I just think you have to uh, give some credit to the players themselves for uh, applying to trying to play some expansive rugby and pulling off an entertaining uh, match for the fans. Yeah, they scored 59 points or 60, 60 points in that slop. We haven't been lacking for points in this league so far, right? Utah Warriors at San Diego, but in Carson. It, it showed all right. It's a nice little facility. We've had rugby there before at StubHub uh, International in seven. So we weren't in the big stadium. I know Brian was kind of a little surprised when in the game on. He's like, false hey, advertising. This isn't, this is technically it was in the same vicinity, but um, you know, it showed all right. Utah. Uh, that's three in a row for them after a great start to the season. But they're close. Like, they're within the bounce of a ball away from winning. It's not executing. But great to see San Diego get back on the winner's circle. I thought it was the best game I've seen from uh, Cecil Africa since he's been in Major League Rugby as well. Looked very dynamic at the back. So, uh, just a quick shout-out to Dylan Audsley. You picked up a nasty injury. So, just thinking of Dylan and his family and hopefully uh, nothing too serious. But if it is, a quick recovery for him and back on the field for San Diego. And what was Peterson's story? We, we didn't get it. We, we didn't hear. So um, put out feelers. I mean, Matt, you, you understand this as well. Sometimes it's quite difficult to get this information, but um, hopefully he's okay. I, I, that's all I know. He didn't seem to pick anything up in the Houston game the week earlier. So fingers crossed because, you know, Joe Peterson's an absolute star and a big part of this league. So hopefully he's okay. And that was a steal of a win, really, because they were out without him. They didn't. Have, they don't have those reinforcements of Patty Ryan and Josh Furno yet. We have any idea on the return of Rob Shaw? Anybody? No, chalk that one up to another one. We don't know. Teams okay. are very guarded with this stuff. Cecil Africa looks like he's starting to find his footing, and he's doing it without all the other weapons. Yeah, he is, and it was always going to be uh, transition time, right, for, for, for Africa because he's been so dominant on the sevens. Now he's played some fifteens in between there. 
But once you play sevens for so long, there's an adjustment period to obviously a lack of space and then more people on the field, which create even more issues. But he feels more settled now. He looks more settled. That combination with him and Besson is one that I'm really excited to see as the season progresses. He, he is a lump, uh, Bjorn Besson, and uh, excited to watch him play. Good pedigree as well from the Blue Bulls. So they've got some stars, but now with the injuries, Matt, it's a depth thing out in San Diego. How, how much depth they got in the back line? Because... You know, you mentioned Robshaw already, Audsley. We're still waiting for Paddy Ryan, Josh Ferno. While you wait for those guys, you can't really fill those roster spots because those spots are allocated. So their depth is going to be tested here. Yeah, but it's not, it's, they're just going to LA next weekend. It's no big deal, right? No, no. Staying in LA, I guess. The Gilgronis were losing the tight ones or the close ones in the early stages. Now they've seemed to turn the corner. And then since you're the Gilgroniac. Wait, they, they, they could be 5-0. and oh. That's the crazy thing. Like you said, a couple of different things in those first two games. They're undefeated, but um, a lot of similarities between season like one Seattle here. Like they're just tough and gritty and they kind of just squeak these wins out, which is going to put them in good stead to the back end of the season to the finals because those are the kind of games that you want to be able to win. But... Uh, they're just getting it done in Austin. And, you know, a lot of people talk about the Gilgronies and the Gilgroniacs and all that stuff. But just think two years ago, they didn't win a game, Matt. So just to see them competitive and in this spot, uh, second place in the West, it's, it's great for rugby. It's great for Austin. And it just goes to show that you're not at the bottom long in this league. You can fight your way back up. Brian, America's Rugby News have any intel? Was it indeed a sniper that got Zach Pangelinan on that that uh, person on the middle of the field? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure, waiting for the meme to show up on the internet. Poor Zach, but I, I am hearing that it's not as bad as it looks, so hopefully he'll be back sooner than later, so that's a good thing. Uh, you have to say, what a performance from Houston. They really uh, you know, put it into L.A. until just the very end when they just kind of faded off at the end. But, you know... Uh, on one hand, awesome, uh, you know, scoring all those points. On the other hand, how many restarts did they give away points to L.A.? So I think they could have done even better if they had played. I think there's more in Houston that we haven't seen yet. So uh, just an entertaining game, though, for the fans. The, th- the thing that got me was that Houston was in the driver's seat on this one. This It's impossible to figure this league in, in certain ways because, again, a bounce of the ball changed the complexion of the match, really. And L.A. tested under fire. Came through in the end, but a big step forward, I guess, for the Sabercats in a loss, Steve? Yeah, I I think perhaps something you're missing here is that, you know, you've got a 16-game season in 18 weeks, right? And if you look at LA's team selection, you know, they get it on the bench, you have to rotate players. We did the same thing this week in New York, and you're going to see that. Players, um, teams are going to have to start sitting someone out, sitting another guy out, and trying to rotate that. And I think... it was a great performance by Houston. They've, they've come back from the edge of the abyss. So not taken away from them, but that was certainly LA were looking ahead there and had two, three guys, four starters, not starting. And then the last match, Old Glory came into Jersey City to face your New York team, Steve. But I'll ask Brian his opinion of this one first. Hey, just a thriller back and forth action. You know, every breakdown is getting scrappy. Uh, you know, that big hit by Fuatai and Robertson really kicked things off there. Uh, I thought both teams played well. I mean, they're going to pick things in defense. Callum Gibbons completely falling asleep and letting Kara Pryor running around. The, you don't see that from a guy that experienced, right? Uh, stuff like that. Dan Holland's had another stormer for New York. I just thought it was a great, uh, entertaining game. Uh, good to see New York getting back and playing a, 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 in their home vicinity, so we say. Um, and another, you know, 
I kind of figured New York was going to win this a little bit more comfortably than they did. So um, I'm glad to see old glory, uh, you know, putting up that close of a fight and, uh, and it's so hard to predict games every week. Uh, so it's just, it's, it's a great spot that we're in with these, with these games that we're seeing. And old glory holding their own with, with those three rookie American bred and born back outside backs. Dan, are you going to change out your man crush for Sam Windsor on Dan Holland's head now? Oh, I don't know. We 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 uh we had him last week and he he did have a he had a smashing game down there. But oh glory, looking a lot better with Jason Robinson back. He'll be he'll be better for the hit out with the the thumb. He's still got some hardware in there. You saw that was pretty heavily taped up. But um Ryan's not gonna like this next one. I think those are the two best sides on the East Coast right now. I would say New York and Old Glory. I think Toronto's gonna have a yeah, I think it's just a being in Atlanta. I just see the grind of that getting to guys being away from family and friends and familiar surroundings. It's just, it's going to be hard. I think those two teams are best equipped and circle your calendar folks, May 8th, LA in New York. That's going to be a smashing game. Smashing baby. Steve, if New York finished first, who's going to finish second in the East? The second best team in the East. That's a heady, heady answer, heady nothing answer. Thank you, Stephen. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with previews of next week's matches. Don't go away. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. Been blind since I was four, and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Lewis, Brian Ray, Dan Power, I'm Matt McCarthy. Guys, let's let's look briefly at the upcoming matches, and there are some interesting ones, beginning with New Orleans going to Atlanta. Brian, what's your take on this one? I, I kind of think last uh, this game in the muck was kind of a write-off for Nola, even though they won the game. Uh, they, they got the points, but just the whole game itself was just a mess. I'm going to go with a, a bold prediction here. Nola on the road getting the win over a tough ATL side. If you look at the game last year, Atlanta went into New Orleans and beat them with that really fast uh, line speed in their defense. They suffocated Nola. Nola kind of like an expensive game. Obviously, it's probably going to be a dry track because you're on the artificial grass there in Atlanta. So they'll be able to play a little quicker. But um, could, could be an upset game here for Nola on the road. ATL looking to get right after a couple of rough weeks. They'll be, they'll be smarting after that, after the bell kick loss to Austin too. But Dan, this, that was this, Robinson at, at, in the lineup for Atlanta. That is, that is true, and that has been like their Achilles heel, right? They've got no guidance or direction at 10. Escura has actually done a good job, but just, you know, I think missing Coleman. But now you're, you're week six, Mac. You've got to realize, hey, he's not coming back. We have to make adjustments and move forward. Scott Lawrence, very smart guy. I think the adjustments now have to click, and I think they, they could catch Nola, you know, after a tough game in the wet. There'll be sore bodies. Running around for 80 minutes in the wet's hard. 
uh, short recovery for them. So we'll see. I could see Atlanta winning this game and, and handily, actually. Interesting. Steven, an objective uh, observation on this match? No. Um, none for me. Champagne rugby. I thought you'd be more of a martini rugby guy than a champagne guy. <laughs> Shake it. Not stirred. I tend to agree with Dan. I think Atlanta might bounce back and surprise some people on this one. If, if, if Nola's going to rest anybody, I think this might be the one. But again, the, po- the points are so tight now in, in the race in the Eastern Conference that you really might want to say, all right, we'll rest you next week. and uh, We'll rest you next week. We'll rest you next week. And then never rest them. But I think Atlanta might, might finally regroup. They've had a couple of bounces go against them. So let's see. San Diego going into L.A. L.A. Giltinis versus the L.A. Legion. Uh, who's the best team in L.A.? Well, uh, yeah, you got to go with the, the Giltinis in this one. They just they look so sharp. You know, even when they did rest, guys, they're still scoring points at will. So, um, yeah, you got to go. And that that the loss of Oddsley, you know, again, echoing, hope he recovers quickly. That's a blow for them. Another one just stacking it up on San Diego. So they look better, but uh, not ready to knock off uh, the Giltinis yet. So it's home game for who? Saracens? <laughs> Um, All right, excellent, excellent. The captain Legion playing in LA. What's not to like? I agree with you. I think that the Los Angeles team is going to take it to San Diego, who is just beaten right now. But how about poor San Diego fans? They go from having the win, and then they have to watch LA versus Houston, which was supposed to be, you know, a blowout. Houston give them an almighty scare. So now you think LA are going to rest anyone this week? They've gone from maybe probably taking San Diego lightly to they're going to go and make a statement this weekend that they're not, you know, the team that they played like uh, against Houston. So uh, yeah, can only see this going one way and that's going to be injury concerns for San Diego, LA looking to prove a point. It'll be, it'll be a big win for LA. Houston going into the mountain home, the fortress of the Utah Warriors, Brian. Uh, Utah didn't look that sharp uh, when they were last at home against Seattle. So, you know, you'd like to say that home uh, favors them, but it it didn't happen last time. So, but I think uh, they did show some resilience at the end of that San Diego game. Big try from Bailey Wilson, got a couple of losing bonus points for them. So that showed some character. Um, I'm going to pick Utah at home. I think they're not going to want to lose two home games in a row. Dan, the next one up is Toronto going into New York and you got three homers here for the respective sides. So, in the name of subjectivity, can you give us some kind of input on this match? Sorry, Brian. I just, I like New York. If, if New York's healthy and they've got their full contingent in there, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough. I like, I like New York a lot this year. I really do. Um, I think we've, we've mentioned it a few times. It wasn't so we really kind of sat down and watched New York and looked at that roster and talked to some of the players and just the, the leadership that they get from Andy Ellis, Ben Foden, you know, Marty Veal stepping in has been good for the culture there. All the players are like, you know, we've got the best GM in the league. You know, we can't lose. They just walk in every game with that confidence. It's like Teflon Lewis. It's like, we have Teflon Lewis. We can't lose. And Brian, you know, you got Broad, you got Browdy, you got Detroit, you got Detroit. All those guys are going to be great for, for Toronto this week coming into Jersey. I'm uh, secretly stabbing my Dan Power voodoo doll under this desk. Nobody can see it right hey, now. <laughs> hey, watch it, buddy. It's, yeah. it's Tony Powerino over there. Hey, hey, hey. 
under uh, under no illusions, this is going to be a, a heck of a tough game uh, for the arrows as, as good as he looked against Seattle. I mean, this is a huge step up. So uh, I'm expecting nothing but a fantastic uh, match. And uh, obviously I'm picking my arrows to win, but uh, yeah, I think uh, this is the match of the weekend. Steve, any comments on this? Can you, can you possibly offer anything on the, on the opponent coming in? Do you have any wages with Mark Winokur? Yeah, I had a long chat with him today. Obviously, we know each other well from his time with Ontario Blues and, and Old Blue. We used to play against each other. So um, I'm extremely sympathetic to what he's dealing with um, and what the Arrows as an organization is dealing with. So, you know, we want to uh, we want to welcome to York. We hope they have a good time. But, you know, unfortunately, we, we want to win. So it's, it's professional rugby now. So no favors. That's- Let's GM speak for we want to smash them to bits, ladies and gentlemen. Let me interpret for you. I think New York's going to win this one, but I think it's going to be a tight one, and I think there's going to be a ton of points, kind of similar to what we saw this weekend in Jersey City. The Arrows are proficient. It seems that they've got their act together, and I love the way Ben Lesage is playing this year. He's like a threat in Palamo in two ways. He can be a decoy or he can smash you. And if, when he's a decoy, he's opening up lanes, but he's also taking two, two tacklers. Number 13, if he's playing 13 this week, watch Ben Lesage, not Lesage. I beg your pardon. This is an interesting one. New England going into old glory. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with uh, New England in this one. Uh, on the road, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough game against old glory. They're going to be a little bit disappointed. They came up a little short in New York. I, I, I like New England, how they played in the muck. I thought Harrison Boyle looked really good out there, even though it was bad conditions. Some some great passes, nice uh, accuracy. So I'm going to go with New England. Tara Tembu, I'm expecting him to be in the starting lineup. So I'll go with the Free Jacks to pick up a squeaker on the road. And was that Bowden Walker that spilled the, the one in the open field with a, with a knock on? But if it was, whoever it was, it was just, you know, had to be, the ball had to be completely greasy. I don't think that happens on a dry pitch. A couple of turning points for both, both teams, really. But this is a tough one, Dan. What do you think? Yeah, no easy games on the East. We've already kind of alluded to that. The East Coast is, is stacked this year. Um, could go either way. Like, we're, we're literally going to have games decided by the bounce of the ball. Like, and it's going to happen all year, which is great. It's great for fans, great for the league. Uh, it's going to be uh, tough for, for fans off the teams to, to live through these. I mean, uh, Steve's probably going to have looked like you by the end of the season, Matt, with the old hair loss thing from the stress of this. But handsome. He's going to look handsome. I choose to be. I choose to look like bald. No, I, I think Old Glory. I think Old Glory is a really good team. I really do. I think they're well put together. And that's tough because I agree with everything Brian said about New England as well. But I just think Old Glory, I love Tussitala and Robinson. I think great 9-10 pairing. They're going to be a bit more helpful to the to the inexperienced backs where you talked about, Matt. I think at home, they'll bounce back. It, it'll be tight, a really, really tight game. That'll be a good one too. Disagree. So you said that last week, right? You had uh, Abulus, you had Demonte and Cassano, all three who along with Lockyer actually played All-American Blue seven two years ago. Um, and, and we thought the same thing. Cassano ends up scoring, Noble ends up scoring. They play against New England. I don't know their team selection, but you're looking at Dougie Fife, probably Mitch Wilson and Bowden Wacker. So you would think there's a golf, but there was supposed to be a golf this week. Uh, those kids stepped up. Uh, so I'm very happy for them all. Okay, fair play. You know, I'm going to change my mind because I had Paul Sheehy and Chris Dunlavy in my face this weekend in the stands. So I'm going to go with all glory. The next one, Seattle. Going into Austin, Dan, the Gilgroniacs on a tear. 
franchise history record three-game winning streak. Is it going to be four? Yeah, not since Sam Harris scooped Andre the Giant in the Pontiac and slammed him into the ground has the Gilgroniacs been so excited. Now, three in a row. It's going to be four in a row. I just – Seattle, oof. Uh, what, what, what about that? It's just uh, two championships in a row. He didn't look good last year, to be honest, in that five-game run. And, um, yeah, I'm not sure what the solution is up in the Pacific Northwest. But Austin, that defense has been super, super strong. I've really been impressed with the job that Sam Harris and Mark Girard have done down there with that side. So won't pick against them until I see something different. Brian, is Brock Stoller coming back for Seattle? And he, where, where is he? What happened? Brock Stoller is not coming back, period. <laughs> <coughs> He's he's had enough. Uh, yeah, Seattle, uh, you can't pick them going into Austin. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? I love the fact that Steve Lewis is wearing a tuxedo. It should, this should be a consistent for every show. He looks dashing. You can never be too, over, too overdressed, Stephen. 0 for 5 in predictions last week, uh, 6 and 0 in predictions this week. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I'm looking forward to watching some more rugby. Do you have a, a Rugby United New York hat, for chance? Do I? Yes. Are you crazy? You'll be wearing it next week if you did. <laughs> On that note, I want to thank Mr. Dan Power, Mr. Brian Ray, and the debonair dashing Stephen Lewis from the Upper West Side, the bourgeois Upper, upper West Side. On behalf of these gentlemen, I'm Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up. Thank you for tuning in, and make sure you check out our other segments, including our Major League Rugby Show. Our global rugby recap. What are the odds? Our Major League Rugby Sports Bet Show with the Philly Godfather, John Bradshaw Layfield, the WWE legend, and Gifty Bailu, Martial Law, the Zack Attack. And please sign up for our American Red Cross Rugby Wrap-Up Blood Donor Team. <laughs>